you know, sometimes I follow like Twitter accounts like Medieval Deathbot and think of how many women died for like, I don't know, demons instead of like they were just UTIs they were every just UTIs. person who died of a demon was <laughs> actually a UTI, a UTI. Yeah. hey everyone welcome back to trust issues this is Heidi I'm here with Sydney hey Sydney hey Heidi um how often do you shower that's a very personal question well you once asked me what the last thing I put up my butt was <laughs> That's true. If I'm being honest, it's like once every two or three days. Okay. Do you think if someone said you couldn't shower every day, like that would affect your life at all? No. Okay. <laughs> Did that fuck well, up Well, that's been the intro to this episode. <laughs> um, but today I want to talk to you about a story that showed up in California this month. Um, these are some headlines that were going around the internet that maybe you might have seen. Uh, a new California law will make it illegal to shower and do laundry on the same day. That was from KUSI, a local TV station in San Diego. Uh, Zero Hedge, a totally reliable website uh, run by preppers, I think. They're like uh, Wall Street preppers, right? Yeah. And I think they write under the name from uh, Fight Club, right? Anyway, that's a, that's a sidebar. Like but Tyler, what's his face? Yes. Um, the headline on Zero Hedge was, it's now against the law in California to shower and do laundry on the same day. Infowars ran the same headline. Breitbart, uh, California water law could prevent showering, doing laundry on the same day. They used a photo of a dog getting a bath. Uh, a conservative radio station in Detroit posted a similar story. Fox News ran an opinion column, which, uh, had lines like, quote, perhaps the state wants everyone to feel like the drug addicts living in California's ever-expanding homeless tent cities. Oh, my God. Yep. Uh, a YouTube video posted to a channel called Wild Smile, which uh, also posts videos documenting what they claim is violence by Antifa, makes the same claim and has 33,000 views. The comments say things like, quote, welcome to North Korea, Quote, next you can only use lights for two hours a day. Quote, that feeling when your state forces you to be a stinking hippie. Quote, commies and Antifa don't shower or wash anyway, so dot dot dot. Oh. Uh, ooh, a good one. Uh, quote, what else am I allowed? And allowed is in the three parentheses, which means Jewish stuff oh. to do. Why? I don't know. <laughs> um, quote, illegal immigrants took all your water. Quote, is California going to regulate how to scratch your balls next? Actually, I just want to point out that the United States diverted the Colorado River from Mexican territory. So the United States actually stole water from Mexico. Yes. Um, but you can see how folks who might find this type of story to be sort of red meat might yes. not care about that particular historical yes, fact. Yes. Um, so this is, was not just limited to stories on the internet. Um, California Congressman Devin Nunes, who's a Republican, wrote a blog post about this. Um, by the way, he's still using Blogspot. So oh, what the fuck? Um, his post was titled, Governor Brown Deploys the Water Police. And he wrote that, quote, Californians don't want to have to choose between doing their laundry and taking a shower. But that's the kind of choice being forced on us. 
uh, Joe Walsh, a former Illinois congressman who now has a talk radio show and is like a commentator type. He has 141,000 followers on Twitter, and he tweeted this story and said, California is awful, just awful. So, um, surprise, this is not true. Uh, this law limiting your water use to say that you can't shower and do laundry in the same day uh, is not real. What? California did recently pass some new water laws, um, but they are not actually about how much water an individual person uses per day. So if you live in California, the water police are not coming into your house to make sure you're only showering every couple of days, which you already <laughs> are only doing every couple of days, so you're fine. No skin off my nose. (laughs) But other average Californians are not going to face the water police either. Um, So some local media, including the Sacramento Bee, did a fact check of all of this um, outrage about this online once it started to really uh, get going. And um, they explained what these bills that were passed in California about water use actually did. Um, they set guidelines for water agencies. So the agencies will be, quote, encouraged to have their customers limit indoor water use to an average of 55 gallons a day per person. And then that will go down slightly to 50 gallons a day by 2030. That's plenty. Quote, but that's just a target a water district will be asked to meet across its ratepayer base as part of a broader water budget strategy. So, like, you are not getting a limit or a quota about your water use. Your water district is being told, like, try to get it down to this amount across all your users. And I bet, what I mean, what are the consequences? Are there any? There are eventually some okay. fines that the water district could face. But, again, not you right. individually. Um and so, again, there was another fact check in PolitiFact, and they talked to the director. Um, they talked to someone who works in the State Water Resources Control Board in California, who again reiterated, it's not about your individual use. It's about um, trying to get a whole water district to reduce their consumption, right? So California has often had droughts. This mm-hmm. kind of thing makes sense. They're, again, not coming into your home But it did not slow this kind of fear-mongering that was going around online. So I was trying to figure out where these stories were coming from, Um, like where this idea that uh, they were going to march into your house and tell you not to shower and do laundry on the same day started. And they appear to come from a website called theorganicprepper.com. Oh, no. Also, Mm -hmm. those are like summer camp rules. like About water use? Yeah. Yeah. Also, it just seems like a reasonable thing to ask in a state with that is constantly in a drought. Yeah, it doesn't seem like a right. big deal. Yeah, it doesn't. But if you're like part of the brigade that thinks the government is coming to like mandate how short you clip your toenails or whatever, then you think like get the this government the off latest. my back. Yeah, and it's sort of like it's catnip for those people, right? Mm-hmm. So anyway, theorganicprepper.com, surprise, not a reliable source. Um, the writer, Daisy Luther, this is her bio. Daisy is a coffee-swigging, gun-toting, homeschooling blogger who writes about current events, preparedness, frugality, and the pursuit of liberty. <laughs> <laughs> Did you did you have something to say? Or 
<laughs> no, just that her name is Daisy. Yeah. Uh, that's true. <laughs> so Daisy Luther spells out uh, what she says is the basic math of how much water you use for a shower and laundry. Um, and it doesn't really matter her math. You get it. The point is she thinks you can't do both in one day under these new guidelines. And she really zeroes in on something you asked about earlier, which is um, the fines that are included in the legislation. So the fines eventually are pretty steep. They're up to $10,000 a day if the violations happen uh, among, again, a whole water district. And they happen during a period when the governor has declared a state of emergency because of a drought. Mm. Um but she, of course, just really latches on to the $10,000 a day. And she says, you know, of course, the companies are going to pass that on to you. And you're going to be fine if you dare shower and do laundry in the same day. Because here's my math about it. Um, again, surprise, like the math doesn't hold up. Um, the Sacramento Bee addressed these claims. They went through a whole bunch of stuff about how much like uh, different types of washers actually use, how many gallons of water you use, how many gallons of water you use in the shower. They went through a whole thing about how many people are switching to more efficient washers. Um, and just one snippet of this, quote, so how difficult would it be to meet the 55-gallon standard? Not very, according to estimates by the Alliance for Water Efficiency. Imagine a family of four living in a home with old, inefficient toilets, old faucets, old shower heads, an old dishwasher, and a 40-gallon washing machine. If they took four eight-minute showers, washed a load of clothes, and did a load of dishes each day, that would use just under 60 gallons per person per day. Replace the washing machine with a high-efficiency front loader, and the family, without upgrading anything else, basically, would use 54 gallons per person per day. So the point is, like, this is not out of the question, particularly in the modern era when lots of people have these appliances mm -hmm. anyway. Um, and they emphasize, again, that it's the water agencies, not you, the individual ratepayer, who would ever possibly face those fines. So, um, you know, local media and PolitiFact and Snopes all did a fact check of this issue saying that it's total bullshit. Um, and, you know, it's a pretty compelling fact check, right? Like, the it's not that complex. The basic representation of the law that's happening in all these stories going around the internet is just wrong. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's not like on the PolitiFact dial. It's not like in the middle, right? It's 100% false. And Facebook even flags this story as part of its effort to do something about fake news, right? They're wow. like, look at us. We're tackling fake news. So you're not, you know, we're going to flag this story. So, you know, that's pretty straightforward. Like a bullshit story goes around and then a bunch of fact checks happen. But then something else happens that I think we've kind of touched on before, which is that a conservative website runs another response story. Ugh. With the headline, yes, California has effectively banned showering and doing laundry on the same day. So this is this kind of thing where like a fact check doesn't actually mean anything mm -hmm. to the people who were swayed by the story in the first place. So this story, which runs on The Federalist, um, the writer basically disputes all the fact checkers claims um, and she goes back to the same issues, the water use calculation. She says they're not doing them right. The fines issue, she says, of course, you're going to pay them. And then this paragraph is kind of like her thesis, I think. Um, 
quote, but Snopes, Facebook, and others purporting to, quote, fact check, conservative frustrations with the law are the ones misleading about its effects. The way these allegedly neutral fact checkers present repackaged liberal assumptions as hard fact is a great illustration of how the left pulls off the kind of logical jujitsu that allows them to label conservative arguments as fake news in order to dismiss them. So, you know, if you read The Federalist, you're like, yeah, you're nodding vigorously like, yeah, fact checks are bullshit. And Snopes is actually like run by George Soros or whatever the fuck. George Soros with three quotation marks. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And so, um, you know, I should say, like, I don't have the traffic data for all these stories, so I can't say for sure whether more people saw the original bullshit or the fact checks or the response to the fact check. Um, but I think that it highlights something that we kind of know and have talked about before, which is that nobody really knows if fact checks even work. Right. And so I was looking um, for research about this, trying to figure out like if we spend so much time trying to dispute fake news like on the Internet. Right. And mm-hmm. whole websites are dedicated to it. Does it even do anything? Spoiler, it's not good. (laughs) Well, also, I don't know. I've reached this point whenever I see like a headline that says fact check, I assume that it's politically tinged. Like I doubt I doubt it's even a real fact check, because usually when someone initiates a fact check, it's because I don't know, they disagree with something politically aside from sources like Snopes or PolitiFact. Okay, so if so you're not seeing them mostly in like mainstream media. No, I primarily see them in like I don't know, advocacy news situations. Yeah. Okay. That um I mean I think a lot of people are there where they just like don't even necessarily register or trust the term at all. Which is sad as a former fact checker. Yeah, and it's like fuck, now what do we do? So um, there was a study published earlier this year in the journal Science, uh, which looked at stories that were distributed on Twitter from 2006 to 2017, like uh, around 126,000 stories. And um, the researchers classified the stories as true or false. And what they found is, quote, uh, falsehood diffused significantly farther, faster, deeper and more broadly than the truth in all categories of information. The effects were more pronounced for false political news than false news about terrorism, natural disasters, science, urban legends, or financial information. We found that false news was more novel than true news, which suggests that people were more likely to share novel information. Um, Whereas false stories inspired fear, disgust, and surprise in replies, true stories inspired anticipation, sadness, joy, and trust. Contrary to conventional wisdom, robots accelerated the spread of true and false news at the same rate, implying that false news spreads more than the truth because humans, not robots, are more likely to spread it. Uh, And there is another study which was published in the journal Political Behavior. Uh, It was conducted by researchers at Duke and Georgia State and published in 2010. And it is even more terrifying. Um, These researchers conducted four experiments in 2005 and 6 in which basically they gave people mock news articles. And the articles included either a misleading claim from a politician or that misleading claim followed immediately by a sort of correction to their information. So, 
you know, not a separate story that was a fact check, but like Trump says something ridiculous and then the story immediately says like, that's not true. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, this was before Trump, but you get it. Um, and the summary, uh, quote, results indicate that corrections frequently fail to reduce misperceptions <gasps> among the targeted ideological group. No! We also document several instances of a backfire effect in which corrections actually increase misperceptions among the group in question. So, yeah, I want to go into this experiment a little bit because it totally fucked with me. Um, So, like I said, subjects read mock newspaper articles um, that had the statement that um, would reinforce a widespread misperception. And, you know, part of the group would get the articles that included the corrective information right after that quote, and then part wouldn't and then they would be asked questions so you know this is in the mid 2000s so the stories are about whether iraq had weapons of mass destruction immediately before the war Uh, another was about tax cuts and another was about stem cell research and what they found basically completely depended on your political ideology so for example um, with information about uh, weapons of mass destruction the correction being given the information saying that the claim was false worked very well for liberal subjects and did not have an effect on people who were somewhat left or centrist and actually increased the belief in the false information among conservatives. So whoever started the story basically more likely to believe the false thing uh, also ended it more likely to believe it, whether or not they were given corrective information. Mm -hmm. And so that um, that last part that uh, it actually increased the belief in the false information among conservatives is what they referred to as the backfire effect. So when you get the corrective, it can actually make you believe more strongly in the false thing. Hmm. And so in the second study, uh, they showed people a story in which President Bush made a claim about tax cuts. So the claim was that Cutting taxes stimulates so much economic growth that it actually increases government revenue, which is not the consensus among economists. Um, So, you know, one story would just have that quote from Bush and another would have that immediately followed by the explanation that economists don't think that's true. Um, And among the people who got those stories, um, they again found the backfire effect. So the corrective information saying it wasn't true made conservatives more likely to think the false thing was true and had no effect on liberals. The last one was about stem cell research. So this was from the other side. Uh, John Kerry and John Edwards had um, perpetuated this idea that there was a, quote, ban on stem cell research. In fact, it was a bit more complicated. Federal funding was limited, but private funding could happen. So people got an article in which Carrier Edwards said this thing about the ban, and then some got an explanation about what the policy actually did, and some didn't. And uh, people to the right, um, among people to the right, the corrective worked, so they didn't believe the statement after getting the right information. People to the left of center, it didn't work. So again, we see the same trend uh, when the statement is coming from the opposite side. So... The researchers write, quote, many citizens seem unwilling to revise their beliefs in the face of corrective information and attempts to correct those mistaken beliefs may only make matters worse. Wow. So that is uh, pretty fucking bleak. Yeah. 
And uh, it made me just wonder, like, what is the point of any of this? <laughs> oh, God. Because, you know, I think there's this idea that, like, oh, journalism is so important. And it's, like, holding powerful people who are constantly lying accountable. And, like, while it's true that we can still uncover damaging information about people in power and we can still report on their abuses of their power. I'm not sure that constantly saying like he's lying, he's lying, he's lying is actually doing anything at all. Yeah. And the interesting thing, I mean, listening to these studies is that I would like to believe that journalism holds the powerful accountable and most people are down with that. But based on the studies that you cited, it seems that people will listen to the powerful even as they make mistakes if the powerful identify with their tribe, their political tribe. Right. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I should say like there's not a ton of research on this. Right. And these types of things like we should replicate them. And, you know, from what I can tell, there aren't a lot of studies like this. Um, But that's also kind of part of the problem. Right. Like in in the study, the researchers also wrote that only two other major studies had even kind of looked at the same issue. But one was just about basically how uninformed people were about a particular issue. It was welfare at the time. Um, and that when they were given relevant information, it didn't really have an effect on their opinion. And the second one gave people information about a certain issue before asking them questions um, and found that it, it changed their mind a little bit as opposed to giving them the information after the fact. Mm. But neither of those really dealt with the issue of being given directly wrong information or being told a lie and then having someone try to correct that for you Hmm. right which is what we're facing like constantly every day right now every time you know like 50 percent of people in power tweet anything yeah and you know i saw i saw something the other day it was a facebook video of this woman in california screaming at a guy who was doing yard work with his mom did you see that no this guy doing yard work with his mom, I guess they were Latinx, and this woman is screaming at him just like, you know, whatever, whatever. And he's like, why do you why do you hate me? And she goes, because you're a Mexican. And he goes, why, why do you hate Mexicans? And she goes, because you're a rapist and you're a criminal. Oh, my God. And that's a direct, direct result yeah. of this, of the lies and propaganda machine coming out of a Trump policy agenda. Right. Yeah, and so it's just like you're left with like, okay, what do we do about that? Because you know when he, you know, when Trump announced his candidacy with that line about, you know, all of that anti-immigrant rhetoric about immigrants being rapists, you know there were stories that were like, actually, immigrants have lower rates of committing crimes Mm -hmm. than people who are born in the United States. And it doesn't matter. Yeah. And the same I'm sure is true on both sides. You know, like as these studies show, like it's not just a phenomenon among conservatives. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, and like we could debate who, (laughs) who's more likely to believe bullshit or whatever. But at the end of the day, like we see, false information circulate among progressives too. Oh yeah. You know? And we've time. talked about it on this show. So it's like, it's not even like you can run one ideology out of power and then suddenly everyone will be committed to the truth. Like no. actually no one fucking cares. 
dude, that's bleak. <laughs> and I don't I don't want to believe it. Yeah. Well, one bright spot that I put here in case we reached this uh, place was that Pointer recently reported um, on a research paper that hasn't yet been published, but they um, were able to report on that shows that fact checks can change candidates' behavior and stop them from spreading false information. So if a candidate gets called out enough times, they'll stop with that line that is getting them in trouble. So (laughs) that's something. You okay? Yeah, just feeling sad about my chosen profession. Yeah, me too. (sighs) I mean, the other... The other solution is maybe we just got to make the news more entertaining. Like, I got a fact (laughs) check for you about the water police. In Philadelphia, we'd call them the water police. That's Chew on that one. Yeah. Here's a slideshow. That's very relatable to people. And we could put um, pictures of ducks in ponds. Yeah. Next to it, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, the water police. (laughs) Yeah, just audio of you saying that and then pictures of ducks. Water. What do you think? Do fact checks work on you? (laughs) Slide it to our DMs. Tell us about a fact check. That's actually a great idea. Because we're in a bad place. Yeah, (laughs) has your mind ever been changed by a fact check? Yeah. Let us know. Thank you for listening to Trust Issues. You can find us online at wehavetrustissues.com or on Twitter at trustissuespod. The DMs are open. Our Gmail is trustissuespod at gmail.com where you can send us story ideas, fan mail, hate mail. I was going to say dick pics, but please don't. Do not send us Please don't. Um, That's all you can send us. You can send us vulva. No, don't send us vulva pics. No. See you next week. <laughs>